Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today we're back in the book of Genesis. We're in Genesis chapter 40, and we are going to to look at just a time where um, Joseph is still in prison, and now he's meeting a couple of co-prisoners. And uh, we're going to see a lot of parallels, uh, like we were talking about back in chapter 39, between Joseph and Jesus. McGee makes the point that probably there's nobody else in the Bible closer to the Lord Jesus than than Joseph was. A lot of parallels. But let's take a look at this chapter and then with that vantage point, see what lessons that we can learn. So Joseph's stuck in prison. So chapter 40, verse 1, sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. Okay, So we don't know what the offense was, but they both got in trouble. The cupbearer, this is the guy who's bringing the wine to the pharaoh. They refer to him as the king of Egypt in verse 1, but this is the, would be the pharaoh. And then uh, his baker. Again, like McGee said, McGee said he didn't know what the baker did wrong. He could have burnt the biscuits, but who knows? But in any event, they did something. And uh, verse 2, And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. So he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. So in other words, he throws them in jail. He puts them in prison because he was upset with them. Verse 4, The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them. They continued for some time in custody. So they're stuck. Now, can you imagine? They're coming in, and they're probably feeling all upset, complaining, scared, and everything else. And, and Joseph's in jail, too. Now, Joseph, he didn't even do anything. And um, so he went from, you know, the pretty much the chief of Potiphar's house. He fell, you know, from the chief. Now he's in jail. He resisted, you know, the temptation of Potiphar's wife, but she framed him, and now he lost everything he had. So these other two fellows were in jail, too. So he's trying to take care of them. 
Verse 5, And one night they both dreamed, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, each his own dream, and each dream with its own interpretation. Verse 6, When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, Why are your faces downcast today? You know, he's asking them, What's wrong, guys? You don't look good. Verse 9, Then they said to him, We have had dreams, and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, Do not do." not interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me. So right here we see, and as McGee points out, um, Joseph is giving God the credit. He's giving God the glory about anybody trying to interpret a dream. Whatever uh, Joseph is doing, he's giving God the credit. He's giving God the glory, God the honor. Verse 9, so the chief cupbearer told his dreams to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, there was a vine before me. It's kind of like, notice the dream is sort of, it relates to the, the person. Okay, the cupbearer, he knows all about wine and grapes. So his, is, his dream starts off with a vine. And on the vine, there were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and the clusters ripened into grapes. Verse 11, Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Okay, that was the dream. Verse 12, then Joseph said to him, this is its interpretation. The three branches are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift, you, will lift up your head and restore you to your office, and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly when you were his cupbearer. Verse 14, only remember me when it is well with you, and please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh. So get me out of this house, for I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. So he's sort of saying, you know, he's, I've told you, you know, your dream, and if you could be kind to me and and talk to Pharaoh, <clears throat> and maybe get me out of here. I, I don't deserve to be in this jail, <clears throat> and I didn't deserve to be stolen. I was kidnapped. Okay, so um, that's a good thing. Verse 16, when the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, so now the, the baker is saying, hey, that's that's a pretty good interpretation. You know, what about me? Let's, you know, do me and tell me what's going to go on. He said to Joseph, I also had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head. So again, the baker gets something to do with cake. And in the uppermost basket, there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. Verse 18, and Joseph answered and said, this is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat the flesh from you. Verse 19, 
So this interpretation for the baker is not good. Either he's going to lose his head from decapitation or he's going to get hanged, hung from a tree. But he's, he's not going to have a good outcome. Okay, so verse 20, on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. Verse 21, he restored the chief cupbearer to his position and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Verse 22, but he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Verse 23, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Okay, so what's going on here? Well, <clears throat> as McGee says, God is using these things to do his will, just like he does in our life today. He's using the mundane things to accomplish his purposes and his plans. God needed Joseph to be in that prison for a reason. Joseph had every reason to be bitter, like we were saying yesterday, and to complain and to be down and to be rejected and to question God. Joseph had every reason to do that. But he didn't. As bad as it was, Joseph was faithful. Just like Jesus, Joseph was hated and he was sold. Now, um, Joseph was sold for 20 pieces of silver. Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. I think I've said in a few other podcasts that I thought Jesus was sold for 20 pieces of silver, but McGee points out that it was 30 pieces of silver, but they were both sold. They were both betrayed. They were both hated by people who were jealous of them, by people who were prideful. People tried to kill them both. They were both thrown into a pit. Joseph was thrown into a pit. Jesus was thrown into a grave. They both obeyed God, though. They were mocked by their brothers. Their brothers were refused, refused to see them, refused to, you know, when Jesus came into Jerusalem, some people received him, but others rejected him. Joseph's coat was taken, and it was stained by blood. Jesus' clothes were stripped from him, stained by blood. They were both tempted. And Joseph, we just saw, was tempted many, many times over and over by Potiphar's wife. He resisted this temptation. That's why he was framed and thrown in jail. Joseph went on to be, as we'll see, the savior of the known world at that time when he kept food for people during this bad famine so that he could give the people bread. Of course, Jesus was the bread of life himself. He was the savior of the world then and now. Both were falsely accused by people who overlooked the truth, overlooked and forgotten 
they could have they would have feel they would have felt overlooked and forgotten people did not acknowledge them but joseph was faithful and McGee points out that in all Joseph's relationships, he was faithful. He was faithful to his father. He was faithful to his brothers in the end. He was faithful to the household of Potiphar. He was faithful to the, the prison guard. He was faithful to other prisoners. In everything he did, he was faithful in his relationships, and he was obedient to God. And we've made this point before that faith is not a feeling. Faith is trusting God. So a lot of things for us to learn, not only about Joseph, but about Joseph's faithfulness. And um, when we are going through our day-to-day mundane routines, God is in control. God is just as much in control of us as He was in, jo- in Joseph's life, we have to ask ourselves, how faithful to God are we on a day-to-day basis? Faith is not a feeling. Faith is trust. In all of our relationships. So we're going to stop here. I'm going to turn the rest of the podcast over to Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing... Hello, so today's teaching is coming from Genesis chapter 40, beginning at verse 1, all the way through to verse 23. So in our last study, that was in our study yesterday, Joseph ended up in prison. And, um, you know, um, Dr. David McGee mentioned um, the fact that um, it was God's will. But how could it be God's will for um, Joseph to actually end up in prison? So if Potiphar had you know, confidence in his wife, if we look at Potiphar, um, who actually ended up putting him in prison. So if Potiphar had confidence in his wife, he would have actually put Joseph to death with no questions asked. If, you know, if he actually believed what the wife was telling him to be true. And... Um, but he just ended up putting um, Joseph in prison and forget about it in order to save face, obviously. Because Potiphar obviously had a clue about, you know, what type of a person his wife was. So all this here we see is working to Joseph's advantage. It may not look like it's working towards Joseph's, Joseph's advantage, but it actually is because it was God's will. Um, because I'm sure Joseph... He's like a 17-year-old boy, first of all, sold to slavery by his brothers, sold into slavery by his brothers, and then now he's not only a slave, but he's also a prisoner. So, you know, all this, it's, it's actually working to Joseph's advantage as God's word and will is actually being fulfilled and accomplished in Joseph's life. So the hand of God is working in Joseph's life all the way through. Um, Joseph is one of the patriarchs who God didn't actually appear to, but we can actually see the hand of God working through his life. So scripture reads, verse 1, chapter 40, It came to pass after these things that the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their lord. 
the king of Egypt. And the Pharaoh was angry, that's the king of Egypt, with the two officers, the chief butler and the chief baker. So he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. So here, this actually wasn't by accident. This actually reveals, firstly, the arbitrary uh, dictatorial position and policy that Pharaoh of Egypt had. He was like just a dictator. You do something wrong, you get the punishment. So the butler and the baker are in prison right where Joseph is. Um, we don't know, maybe the butler spilled some wine on the Pharaoh's um, apparel and the baker burnt the bread. So Joseph has a good position. We see, you know, wherever Joseph went, he always had... Um, you know, he wasn't likable. He 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 ended up um, occupying a good position, and he was in good favor with the people around him. And here we have um, the prison keeper was, um, you know, Joseph was in good books with him, and he made him in charge of the other prisoners. So Joseph has a good position in prison. So the butler and the baker are put in prison for three days. You know, they're put in temporarily. Verse four goes on to read. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them so they were in custody for a while. So like I said, Joseph, you know, he was in charge. Uh, the prison keeper made him in charge of the others. So Joseph got acquainted with the prisoners, with, and he got acquainted with the two new prisoners because he had charge over them, as it was his business to actually take care of them since he was in prison. Scripture goes on to read verse 5. Then the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, had a dream, both of each, both of them, each man's dream in one night, and each man's dream with its own interpretation. And Joseph came in to them in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of his lord's house saying why do you look so sad today and they said to him so you see joseph was like a very optimistic person scripture reads verse 8 and they said to him we each had a dream and there is no interpreter of it so joseph said to them do not interpretations belong to god tell them to me please so joseph always put god first he always gave good he always gave glory to God. So Joseph was very optimistic, a very optimistic person despite his dire situation that he was in. So Joseph gives God all the glory in all of his uh in all of this. And you know, today in application, as Christians, as children of God, anything that we do for the Lord, we should make sure that God gets all the glory for it. And one reason may um, many of us actually do not get blessed as much as the Lord would like us to bless. To, the Lord would like to bless us is because when you know when we do receive something good in our lives or something great happens in our lives, uh, we we tend to take advantage um, of it and we don't give God the glory. We just tend to forget because we just get you know overwhelmed with the events and all. We forget to give. God, the glory that is due to him. 
scripture goes on to read verse 9. Then the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, Behold, in my dream, a vine was before me. And in the vine were three branches. Uh, it was as though it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and its clusters brought forth ripe grapes. Then Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took it, and I took the grapes and pressed them in Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said to him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Now, within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your place, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand according to the former manner when you were his butler. So in the New Testament, um, we don't actually have God moving this way in dreams. But... In this day, in Joseph's day, God did speak this way through dreams. Because right now it's not really necessary. We have a savior and we have the word. So um, in Joseph's day, God moved. He actually spoke this way and through dreams. And God spoke in the language that these people actually understood. That is, you know, a butler would actually understand about service and serving wine because he actually <clears throat> served the pharaoh. And this would be something he would actually understand. Just like in the case of Nebuchadnezzar and the dreams on images. Nebuchadnezzar was very acquainted with images and idols. So he had the dream about the images and idols, about the image sorry, that he had. Verse 14 goes on to read, But remember, but remember me when it is well with you. And please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this, this house. So Joseph actually makes a plea now to this butler to actually remember him when he's out of prison as Joseph had actually interpreted his dream for him and you know the butler promised that he actually would not forget. Verse 15 goes on to read, For indeed I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews and also I have done nothing here that they should put me into the dungeon. So Joseph, you know, he's still speaking. Verse 16 goes on to read, When the chief baker saw that the interpretation, actually, sorry, verse 15, yeah, Joseph is now you know, speaking and telling um, the butler about his situation, like how he was sold into slavery and how he ended up in prison. Verse 16 goes on to read, When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said to Joseph, I also was in my, I also was in my dream, and there were three white baskets on my head. In the uppermost basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, and the birds ate them out of the basket on my head. So Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation of it. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat your flesh from you. So this is the interpretation for the baker. And, you know, God speaks to him in the language that he actually understands about, you know, the bread and the baskets and um, baking. And Joseph actually interprets interprets the dream for him. And for him, it's not as positive as the butler's dream. Scripture goes to read verse 20. Now it came to pass on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast for all his servants, and he lifted up 
the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. Then he restored the chief butler to his butlership again, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. So here now, Joseph is in a predicament. Um, you know, he's a slave, and he also has been falsely accused, and now he's in prison. So, you know, and it was Potiphar's purpose just to actually put him in prison and forget him, and not to just have him killed. And that's how he actually covered up the scandal that was in his home. And, um, you know, his home, clearly, it didn't really look like a very happy home because even of how the wife actually addressed him and said, look at this, uh, look at what he has done. He has brought us a Hebrew, the way she, she, the way she actually addressed um, her husband. So now here we see Joseph's one glimmer of hope was that the butler would actually remember him to Pharaoh, but the butler forgot. You know, he was actually overwhelmed with the events of the day. You know, everything was just so great. He was out of prison and, you know, he was spared and all. And this actually does not, however, discourage Joseph. Joseph was an optimistic guy. So God wants to leave Joseph in prison for um, a definite purpose. It was God's will to leave him in prison. So, if we put a scenario, you know, like, like so, suppose the butler had gone to Pharaoh and told him about Joseph and his interpretation of his dream, and, you know, what exactly would have happened is that Pharaoh would have actually released Joseph and Joseph would have actually headed straight back home to his father's home. Um, but remember, God wanted to actually remove uh, the children of Israel from that land um, and you seclude them in Egypt, in Goshen. So Jacob, by the time Pharaoh needed him, um, if he had actually, you know, the butler had gone and told Pharaoh about Joseph's dream, um, and if, you know, by the time Pharaoh had the dream, there would have been no one to actually interpretate, interpret sorry, his dream. So God will keep him around. So it was for a purpose. So everything works for the good. Um, for God's will. So Joseph believed that God was actually moving in his life. So he had a real faith in God. And Joseph was very, very faithful in all of his relationship in his life. You know, for instance, you know, with his brethren, he was faithful. He, um, you know, when they came to plead for mercy that Joseph not mention them selling um, Joseph, you know, um, to the Midianites. Um he was faithful to them. He was faithful to Potiphar when he worked for him. And he was faithful to the prison guard as well as to Pharaoh. We shall see this later on in our study. So Joseph had an optimistic outlook on life. His faith gave him this optimism. You know, faith always gives you like, you always see the light at the end of the tunnel, no matter how dreary the situation is. You know, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. If you're a child of God right now, um... And, you know, the situation that we're currently in right now, we're in the middle of a pandemic here in our country. You know, we're also in the middle of like a general presidential election. Um, then we also have a state funeral. Our first president just died. You know, the situation may look dreary and just bad. And you just like, there's just no end to this. But if you're a child of God, you know, 
God always has a plan and purpose. There's always a reason for everything. So if we just have faith, and faith brings that optimism, and that's what Jacob had. Jacob had faith, and he had optimism. And, you know, Jacob was kind and humble, and it's his faith that actually made him to be like so, to be kind, humble, and to be very optimistic. So no matter one circumstance in life, God actually cares, and he's actually moving in our lives um, as his children. So whether the situation is good, whether the situation is bad, let us always give God the glory and let us always be optimistic and have faith. So God is always moving. If you're a child of God, he's always moving in your life, whether be it a positive situation or a negative situation, always have faith like Joseph did. So this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. Been a great teaching. Hope it's been encouraging. God bless you all. And have a great day. Bye-bye.